0: You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical church located outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. And in order to love our neighbors during the COVID-19 pandemic, we are currently not gathering in person, but you can join us live online on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Bethel Covenant Church. We have a live stream every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening. So in the in the middle of this uh, this season I want you to start this morning by opening your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 16 verse 13 through 28. Um, so yeah Matthew 16 13 through 28. Uh, take a minute to open that up. Um, we'll be hearing that scripture read in, in just in just a moment. Um, you may know this if you've been with us a long time, uh, we started in the Gospel of Matthew here at Bethel last December and the plan was to walk through it walk through the story of Jesus until this coming Easter and and of course uh, none of us had any idea wow, where we would be worshiping together this spring um, and we're all still coming to grips with what exactly is happening uh, no one knows what will happen this afternoon much less tomorrow um, but as, as all this stuff's been happening and, and plans have been changing and our lives have been kind of uh, experiencing some upheaval, I've been wondering, you know, as, as your pastor, um, should we continue in the gospel of Matthew or not? Or, you know, should we maybe lay it down and look for hope somewhere else in scripture? You know, is Matthew still good news in the light of the chaos of this present moment? And I don't know what your experience has been as you've been reading uh, the beef, uh, but as I've been reading uh, scripture every day, as I've been reading Matthew, I keep finding um, every time that God's word connects with things that I'm going through, and I think with some of the things that we're all going through. Um, some of you uh, know this much better than I do, and it comes as no surprise that even though uh, we had no idea what the plan was, uh, that we would find uh, hope in there. Um but I'm i am finding, even through last December, even though I didn't know what was going to happen this fall, and none of us did, or this uh, spring, uh, God did. Because every time I read uh, for a Sunday uh, that opening scripture, I find something that I need to hear. And I think our passage today is like that. It's, it's all about what true faith looks like. What it means to believe in Jesus when uncertainty and loss uh, loom over the horizon. Uh, So God is so good. Amen. Amen. We open his scripture and he he surprises us that he knows what's happening. Uh, So would you pray with me? Lord, as we open uh, your word today, open our hearts to hear from you. May uh, you give us your peace and your strength. May you uh, open our hearts and our ears to hear from you so that you can perform uh, much-needed heart surgery on us. That we would remember uh, the promises of your scripture and that we would continue to learn to trust you in the middle of all circumstances. In your name, amen. Uh, our scripture today, just a little background, it comes from an a interesting part in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, and it, the feeling of of our passage feels familiar to me. the The whole book of Matthew it builds up uh, to this one key moment in in the story when Jesus is captured and and killed. Uh, but most importantly, of course, when he rises from the dead. Uh, because as, as important as Jesus' birth is, as we celebrate at Christmas time, as as important as his amazing teachings are, uh, as important as all of his other miracles are, um, had Jesus not died on the cross and risen from the dead, um, this, this book and the book of Matthew would probably not exist for us today. And, and Matthew knows it. As God inspired him to write this gospel, he knows it. That if it weren't for the death of Jesus, for our sin, and his resurrection so that all who believe in him can be forgiven and rise again... Um, if it weren't for those things, uh, we wouldn't exist. The only reason there's a church or a gospel or a good news story to be written about Jesus is the fact that he hung on a tree and rose again from the dead three days later. And so if you've been reading Matthew with us, you maybe have noticed that every moment is sort of a step on this journey to the cross. Um, uh. And we're finally starting to reach this part of the gospel where it becomes increasingly clear, uh, both to Jesus and to all his disciples, uh, what is coming, what's what's on the way, where things are going. That the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is bringing down to earth will be brought about on a cross and in an empty tomb. And so as, uh, in the story right now, Jesus' coming death is sort of hanging over it. Um, more and more as we get closer to the end of the book. And our passage today um, involves Jesus' closest disciple, a man by the name of Peter, who's wrestling with this kind of looming reality and how it relates uh, to what he believes about Jesus. Uh, And uh, again, Peter's one of Jesus' close disciples. And in this passage that we're about to hear read... um, we're going to find Jesus, Peter making two big statements about faith. Um, one, the first one is about what Peter believes to be true about Jesus. And the second is something that Peter refuses to believe about Jesus. And so as you listen, listen for this. Jesus is going to praise the first statement in, in the strongest terms possible. He's like Peter A+. Plus. Um, and the second one, he's going to condemn in the strongest possible terms. Um, And so in a moment, um, one of our confirmation students, McKenna Edgar, is going to read this passage. And as she does, I invite you to put yourself in Peter's shoes. Um, Think about why Peter makes the statements that he makes and and what it says about what he believes to be true. Uh, And so, again, this is we've never done this before, but uh, hopefully you can hear hear really well. Listen close and follow along in your own in your own Bible.
1: Hi, my name is McKenna Edgar matthew 16 chapter 13 through 28. peter's declaration about jesus when jesus came to the region of cassaria philippi he asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is well they replied some say john the baptist some say elijah and others say jeremiah or one of the other prophets then he asked them but who do you say i am simon peter answered you are the messiah the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. So now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Jesus predicts his death. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are saying things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom.
0: This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Praise
1: God. Praise God.
0: Uh, So as you heard uh, the scripture read, did you catch uh, Peter's statements? Um, Oh, uh, look at, look at what, uh, look at what Peter says. Um, <clears throat> first, he believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Uh, this is significant. One second. This is, uh, this is incredibly significant because up until this point in the story, um, people have followed Jesus thinking that he was a good teacher or a prophet, even a miracle worker. Um, They may have wondered and hoped that he might be the Messiah, but no one has claimed this belief for themselves yet. And so when Peter says this, I believe you're the Messiah, the son of the living God, uh, Jesus, he celebrates in, again, the strongest possible terms. He's delighted that that the father has revealed this to Peter and he makes him a promise. He says, on you, I will build my church, my assembly. That's that Greek word. Ecclesia, assembly, and the gates of the powers of hell won't prevail against it. Jesus says, you are right. And now, Peter, because you were right, the church is built upon you. And evil and death and hell will never stop this assembly. What Jesus says in that moment is life and love, they win in the end. And it starts with you. And that's what Peter Peter believes um, about Jesus, but he also refuses to believe something about Jesus. He refuses to believe um, that Jesus will suffer and die, uh, right? He, he believes um, that Jesus is the Son of God, but he he can't believe that Jesus will suffer and die. In fact, Peter is so disturbed by Jesus' prediction of his death Um, that he doesn't even hear the part where Jesus says he's going to rise again three days later. Instead, he immediately says, no, Jesus. No, Jesus, this can't be true. It, It doesn't make any sense to Peter, because if if Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the anointed one come to save the day, he can't suffer and die. If the powers of hell won't prevail, Like Jesus said, how could he suffer and die? It doesn't make any sense to Peter. But as he says no uh, to the hard stuff, to the suffering and the death, Peter, he doesn't realize that he's also saying no to the resurrection. And Jesus, he rebukes him because he knows that these two things, um, they must be true at the same time. That Jesus is the Messiah and that he'll die. Jesus knows that if he doesn't suffer and die, he can't rise again. He isn't really the Messiah then. Because loss and suffering and death, even as terrible as they are, are necessary parts of Jesus' story. They're necessary precursors to the resurrection, to healing, into new life. Jesus he puts it this way. He later in the story he says uh, as McKenna as McKenna read if you fight to hang on to your life you will lose it. If you fight to hang on to your life you'll lose it. But if you give it up for my sake you'll save it. What do you gain if you hold on to your life but lose your soul. Often we're tempted to think that faith is about pretending that loss or hardship or tragedy can't touch us, uh, that they aren't real, by saying, oh, uh, I'll see them later, so I'm not going to mourn their loss. Sometimes we're tempted to think that faith is about ignoring life's obstacles and putting that happy face on and pretending everything is great all the time, even if it isn't. But Jesus shows us that this isn't true. Faith is not denial, and it's not ignorance. It's believing two things at the same time, that death, hardship, and loss are real, but because of Jesus' life and love, Win in the end. As you know, I don't have to put too fine a point on it. All of us are beginning to experience some kind of loss right now. Uh, Maybe you've lost a routine. Maybe you've lost some income or a job. Maybe you've lost that sense of stability and safety. Some of us, uh, it hasn't even been long enough to know what we've lost yet. But some of us I read today, this week are are grieving not being able to see their students for a few weeks, maybe the rest of the year. Uh, We're grieving missing coworkers, missing friends, not being able to go to movie theaters or go eat in the restaurant or, or go to the arcade. Some of us are worried about future losses, future hardships that might be around the corner. And for the first time that I can remember, we are all in that same boat together and so as we face loss and uncertainty together we're going to want to cover them up ignore them explain them away and and then we're going to act in all kinds of strange and sometimes destructive ways in response to those losses that's something that's probably going to happen to us uh, it's human and, and as we're facing those losses, we may even want to think that faith is about pretending those losses aren't real and focus on the positive. But the word that uh, God keeps speaking to me this week as I've been studying the scripture and reading and praying for all of you, and I think the word that he has for us as a church is this, that faith is not about denying loss. Faith is not about pretending it's not so bad, it's not numbing or ignorance, instead it's In the middle of the reality of loss, trusting that life and love win in the end because of Jesus. Believing two things at the same time. The loss is real, but because of Christ's death and resurrection, life and love win in the end. And so this week, my prayer is that we would live as if this is true. Not in denial and not dominated by fear and anxiety either. Instead, let's remember that these things are not a challenge to God's love for us. That they don't negate God's love and care and power. But instead, they often lead to the greatest displays of his love and power. Because through a loss, Jesus died so that we might be forgiven and live Out of his death came an abundance of life for all who would accept it because of him life and love win in the end. He won't force any of us to embrace that. He won't drag us there kicking and screaming. And so if you've never admitted the ways um, that you act in selfish ways against God and against others, the Bible calls this sin. If you've never admitted that, that you're a sinner, that you sin, if If you've never asked for God's help, his forgiveness and his grace, today is a great day to do it. And if you have, um, like me, maybe you need a reminder today. So I want to give us all a chance to respond to God. Uh, Would you you close your eyes and would you pray with me in, in your heart? Lord God, I have sinned. And I'm trapped by death. But because of Jesus and his death and resurrection, forgive me. Transform my heart and welcome me into your eternal life that starts today. Amen. If today you prayed something like that for the first time, or maybe you reaffirmed your belief that the death of Christ and by believing and trusting in him, you can be forgiven and live forever. If you um, reaffirm that or you pray that for the first time, praise God. Praise God. I would love to hear about it. Um, and whatever God's Holy Spirit is saying to you today, uh, I pray that you listen and you hear and you wrestle with it this week and, and, and this day. Because I believe out of the very real loss we're experiencing today and may experience tomorrow, we will see life and love win in the end. I do not know what tomorrow will hold, but we can trust God that he knows that he'll be there in it. Not just until this life is over either, but forever, forevermore for those who trust him. So may we live not ignoring or covering the hard stuff, but facing it, feeling it, mourning it, but also remembering that God's life and love always get the last word. Amen? Amen, church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can find out more about us and join our live streams at facebook.com slash Bethel Covenant Church. Thanks and have a great week.